On today's episode, we're going to talk about how we have developed our sports patient population throughout the years and what advice we can give to PTs and other professionals out there on what they can do to develop their sports-specific population. Let's go. Welcome to the Sports Rehab Lab Podcast, where you'll hear real talk from real clinicians who treat real sports patients. Welcome back, everybody, to the Sports Rehab Lab podcast. I'm Snape Patel, joined by our physical therapist extraordinaire, Terrence Scroy, Pat Vignona, Robbie Andrews, and Billy Maroney, and our strength and conditioning expert, Jamie Osmack. And today's topic is going to focus on how we have developed our overall sports PT career throughout our lives. Uh, you know, myself, Terrence, and Pat are the oldies on here that have developed it for quite a number of years. And Billy and Robbie are uh, a little bit of our, our newbie crowd, but, you know, they have developed a, a good sports uh, patient population. And Jamie's been in the industry for a long time, has done it as well. So Terrence, what are you, uh, where, where are you coming from in here? Like, how have you actually develop this throughout the years uh, on your own? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a very common question I get. I mean, we see it on Instagram or social media. We have, uh, you know, some of our students coming and asking us how we, you know, what our path was to, you know, where we currently are um, in a pretty high volume sports population, working with some high level athletes. And, you know, I, I tell them that it's not easy. And I think my biggest uh, tip for them is to be willing to make sacrifice and work hard. And if you, I think, are willing to do those two things, you have the potential to be very successful. Um, my personal path was, I guess, a long one. So hopefully this helps some of you all out there listening, um, you know, take a shortcut or, or figure out how to get here faster than I did 18 years later. Um, but you know, early on I just, you know, got experience and I thought that, you know, just early experience, which I, I mean, definitely think helped me, you know, with where I'm at now, you know, get the reps, um, sort of figure out where I wanted to be graduating college. I always thought like, Oh, I'm going to work for a sports team year one, which clearly was not the case. Um, almost seems to be the trend these days, but, um, that wasn't the case when I graduated. So it was very hard 18 years ago graduating to get into the world of sports. There weren't many pathways. Some schools had affiliations with certain teams and minor league clubs, but it was very rare to find that. So I did the whole outpatient ortho thing and then uh, gradually you know, started getting a little bored there, but I wanted to specialize in shoulders. So I found a shoulder surgeon in New Jersey, used to work with the Marlins. So he sort of took me under his wing, spent a lot of time in the OR and working with his patients. Then moved to Chicago where we found Snay um, and did some higher level sports stuff. Still not a lot on the professional side, but really got some experience with you know, the physicians. And I think that's where I've realized that you know, if you work with the physicians that treat the athletes and they trust you, then you may start to see the athletes. And that's sort of where it clicked for me, where I had the interest in overhead athlete. I had the interest in shoulder. 
Um, and then I started to get the buy-in from some of the surgeons and physicians that treated those athletes. Um, and then on the side I was doing, I mean, for me personally with baseball, I mean, you guys know we were driving all over, you know, the Midwest to all these small baseball clubs on Mondays and Wednesday nights, doing research and collecting data. And I think, you know, that sort of taught me to a work hard, B uh, taught me a lot about, you know, the game, biomechanics. Um, and then we did a lot of research with some of the physicians and, and surgeons and fellows out there. So I think it really helped me network and, you know, some of the doctors that I still talk to today and surgeons across the country are ones that I met while I was doing that. Um, and then fast track from there back to HSS and working with, um, you know, again, a hospital that covers a significant amount of pro sports teams, both in the New York metro area and then obviously a destination for many of our athletes. Um, that's where I wanted to be. I was very focused on coming back to a organization and a center that treated that high volume. And, you know, that's where I really started to further fine tune the overhead athlete population that I see. And then I was lucky enough and fortunate enough to get involved uh, with the Mets in 2016, just as a consultant. Uh, So small role, but still, you know, able to treat the highest level professional athletes and especially the overhead athletes, both for our teams and then, uh, you know, other players from around the country that come and have surgery with us. So um, I thought that was gonna be a lot shorter than it was. Um, but that's, I, I mean, that's I, I initially my, thought you were an idiot <laughs> no. when I met you. I, I, the, that's but my it story. Like you for, went through a lot though. For you guys. The, 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 one point, I did. the one point I do want to make with that is, you know, there was a lot of time and sacrifice that went into this. I think that's a lot of what people don't understand sometimes when they're doing we want to get into sports and we want to see a lot of sports population. I want to see a lot of athletes. There's a lot of time and sacrifice that goes into it. Like, you know, I don't tell everyone to take the, the route that I took where it's like, Hey, any and every opportunity, like it doesn't matter what was happening in my life. It's like, all right, you need something done. Yeah. I'm going to do it for that athlete. You know, there's other ways to do it, but I think, you know, first and foremost, you know, Terrence said like, you, he really made that relationship with some surgeons to kind of start that off with. But I think with anyone, I think any young therapist that's out there, you really need to go that extra mile and do the stuff on your own, like finding a mentor, uh, finding a surgeon, you know, sacrificing some of your time. You know, I've heard Terrence say it a million times, sports is not a nine to five gig. Like it doesn't, it's not like that. It's, it takes a lot of time and you need to, you know, first and foremost, you need to kind of say to yourself, like, what am I going to do to help myself out? Like, it's very hard to get things handed to you. I know nowadays, like an easier route, you know, and I'm not even going to say it's easier, but a more direct route is doing a sports residency at a, an institution. We have a sports residency at our place. There's a lot of them around the country. That's an easier way for you to take your sports boards. But I, I still am a very big proponent on you know, a little sacrifice has to be made in order for you to get into this, into this region. Like Pat, what, what do you think? Yeah. Right, Pat. I mean, do you think you just walk in? I mean, you've, you work in professional soccer. So, uh, I mean, do you think you could just, a new grad could just walk into that? I mean, your experience has got to, you know, count for something, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, so, you know, my background, I'm not going to get into it like T did and bore everybody, but you know, it's, it's very similar <laughs> to T's and it's, you know, it's, you it's just, just followed me long. everywhere. It, it kind of was a little bit. Um, but you know, my, my first job out of school, I took a job at some 
outpatient quote unquote sports clinic because they worked with uh, a professional lacrosse team and a professional soccer team. When I say professional, I mean like these guys all had like regular jobs, but it was still in sports. And, and that's, that's where I kind of got started. Um, and, you know, stayed in that outpatient world, ended up in Chicago with Terrence and that's where we found today. And, you know, I think T kind of under underplayed how much work he did and, and we all did in that, in his research that he did there. I mean, for real, we were driving to Wisconsin on a Wednesday night to film a baseball academy in a barn, like in a freezing, it's, it's, it's for real. Taking it's, the Greyhound it's, boys. It's, I mean, the guy told us that. The guy told us to turn at his dog. His dog was going to meet us <laughs> at the driveway. And it's a true story. He's laughing. He's, yes. yeah, it's, no, it's, it's 100% true. You're not wrong. Um, you're not wrong. But yeah, you have to, you can't, you can't just graduate school like sports or even graduate school and played, played that sport in school or played it at a high level and think you're going to walk in. And it's, it's not. And, and the sports residencies, it's much easier. Uh, more direct pathway. I think there's much more opportunities for uh, the new new grads coming out now. But still, you come out and you do a, a one year residency. I mean, you're still a baby. You still need to get your reps in and yeah. So you then know. you do a one year fellowship, right? And now you're two years out and you're yeah, still so a baby. Two years right? out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, I always say this to, to to everybody else: is you know you have to find a spot where you surround yourself with people who are smarter than you, you know, you never want to feel like you're the smartest person in the room. Um, I definitely don't, don't, don't let that get to your head. All you guys. But, um, if you do feel like you're the smartest person in the room, then you're probably in the wrong spot and you're not going to grow. Um, I think that's my, my biggest advice for people, uh, for PTs coming out of school. Robbie and Billy, what, what, what's the feel coming to school, Robbie and Billy? It's, I mean, you guys are the closest to school. So, I mean, when you come out, did you think, I know you both clearly wanted to work in sports and had that, you know, mindset. So was your journey to where you are now quicker than you thought? Personally, uh, I mean, mine, I think was a little quicker. I got, I think I'm not like in, I mean, I'm, I'm, I am in sports world, I guess, but mine was quicker. I mean, I, I kind of want, like Pat said, I wanted to surround myself with, with the right people. So I did my last clinical rotation. Um, I set up a contract to do it down in Birmingham um, in Kevin Wilkes clinic. And, you know, I was just very, I was fortunate enough to, you know, I guess catch someone's attention there and, and they offered me a job there. And I kind of got put right into that sports role. Um, granted I wasn't treating pro athletes really at that time at all. I mean, I occasionally I have, you know, like, like a Canadian, what is it? CFL player or something like that. Pick a ball. Yeah, maybe something athlete. like that. Um, but you know, Eventually okay. you, you gain some trust in, with Kevin, um, you know, Kevin's traveling pretty much every weekend teaching courses and all that. Hey, can you treat so-and-so while I'm gone? You know, you come in on a Saturday, treat whoever the pro is. Um, so I kind of got some reps, some experience from that. Um, and that kind of is what set everything up for me. Um, and then that, you know, brought me back home to New York, to HSS. And, you know, you just surround yourself with the right people, um, earn some trust from, you know, whether it's, colleagues co-workers that kind of you know put you know take your back um put in a good word with the docs you know and i think that goes a long way too and you know like you said you, you eventually develop some trust in those doctors yourself and that's where um you know a lot of those referrals kind of come from but you know i, I think i got kind of placed right into it i was i got lucky with everything i think but at the end of the day, you still need to produce the outcomes, right? So you can build the trust, you can, you know, get wherever, but if you can't produce the outcomes, you're out. And I think, you know, for whoever, 
you know, whoever's listening and, you know, the young clinicians, clinicians or more experienced clinicians, I mean, even building a general sports population is hard enough. You know, you work in an outpatient clinic and, you know, you might just see the general stuff that comes in, right? I mean, you're seeing low backs, you're seeing ankles, but to really tailor your profession and your population to sports, whether it's high school, youth, collegiate or above, um, you know, it does take a little extra. I mean, I think you need to have, I really do think you need to have the, you know, referral source or stream or the trust from that population. Um, and I think, you know, I can't underemphasize, I mean, I, I really think knowledge is a big part of it. So early on, uh, when I wanted to work with baseball players, right, I had, I mean, I was young, I was out of school and I didn't have a ton of experience in it. But I read everything I could read. I read every journal on, you know, shoulder and elbow injuries in baseball players. So when I went and talked to the physicians or talked to these academies, I was educated, right? I might have had the experience of them, but I knew what to look for. I knew what, you know, the surgeons were doing. I knew, you know, how the rehab processes work. So I think you can really prepare yourself and put the time in on, you know, the front end where you might not have the experience. And I know, Snay, you mentioned mentors. I think that, you know, everyone should have a mentor, right? And it's so easy these days to find a mentor. You go on Instagram, you go on, you know, wherever you go to volunteer somewhere and you can find a mentor um, and it's easy to follow people. And, and I'm sure there are plenty of people. I mean, I answer questions all the time, but there are plenty of people that would be more than willing to help guide you um, along your path. Um, but I really think it comes down to putting in the work. I just, I, I don't know. I, I mean, Billy, what yeah. do you think? Yeah, so I was just going to comment on the residency aspect of it too, and fellowships and whatnot, because I, I did go through the sports residency here, um, and I, I I think a lot of people come into these and they expect to to complete their program and then go right into the big leagues right after that. So you're working with the team right away, or and that that's not how I ever looked at it. Um, I saw the residency as an opportunity to get into a good sports rehab location, but then you got to go through all the work that you guys mentioned. You got to get the years of learning from other clinicians, meeting the doctors, putting in the experience. So I think it, it can fast track you into an environment where you're surrounded by knowledge and people smarter than you and, and the physicians who get access to these people. But you can't have the ex expectation that you're going to jump right into it because you still have to make mistakes and learn from the cases that you have and the patients that you have. Uh, the only other thing I would say is it, it is helpful if you if you do want to get into it to one, like you guys said, put in the, the extra work in a certain field. But try to develop some sort of niche or subfield that you have interest in. Uh, for, for T, it was baseball, Pat, soccer, Snay basketball, Robbie baseball. Um, I, I just, I didn't have a particular sport, but I, I got invested in learning as much as I can about testing and strength testing, power testing. And that's how I've gotten, mostly by way of you guys, most of the opportunities I've had to interact with a lot of athletes is through developing a subset of skills that helped um, get me maybe some value in, in those exposures going forward. So I think the other thing to really notice is yeah, now 20 plus years later, I'm working with a lot of pro basketball, Terrence works with the Mets, you know, being a pro baseball, Pat pro soccer, you know, but I think we all started doing the grind and seeing any basketball player who would come in any baseball player. Like, you know, I know Terrence would go to, uh, club baseball places and, you know, do lectures and just show that, Hey, I'm Terrence. I'm the baseball guy. I used to go to AAU things and be like, you know, just go to games and show my face so that, you know, they would know that 
I'm the basketball guy. It, it's it takes that work. And, you know, you're not just gonna walk into a clinic like Terrence said and say, "Hey, you know, it's day one. I'm gonna see a whole bunch of professional athletes on my schedule." It has to start somewhere. So I think really getting out there, like if you're a young clinician, you're at an outpatient clinic, you're like, I want to develop a sports population, then you have to go out and kind of get that sports population too. Like if you're into baseball, go to the to the baseball leagues, go to them, you know, show them you're the baseball guy, you know, ask if you could do a lecture to them, do a an injury screening or, or whatever, so that people in your community know that, hey, listen, this is the baseball guy or this is the basketball guy. It This is the extra work that that grind that it takes to start seeing a sports population. But even aside from pro sports, I think that there's a misconception that all we see is professional athletes. And in all honesty, we might have two to three a day pro pro athletes. I see the 14 to 16 year olds. I see the 12 to 16 year old baseball players. You know, I, I don't only see professional athletes. I don't think anywhere outside of a professional locker room, you're not going to see all athletes. And I think, you know, people come to work in a sports center and they might get, you know, discouraged, disappointed because they don't have all athletes. You know, for me, it's a sports, it's my true sports population. You think sports, you know, or prof- or athletes in general, I'm thinking more sports injuries, right? So like the athletic injury. And yeah, of course, with that, you're going to get the youth athletes in your particular niche. But for me, shoulder and elbow specialty with a subspecialty or hyper focus in baseball. And that's baseball across the spectrum. And the smallest population of of my particular patients is a professional athlete because there's just not you're not going to have a high high volume of them in certain centers and but yeah I mean we do specialize in that and I I think it's the whole spectrum of athletes so you know out of school I don't I think that you know just working with the younger population if there's a particular sport that you want to work with work with the younger See, ones the 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 kids that are come out of school and they go directly to like a sports team, I think are robbed of knowledge that, that they're not going to get right. Because now you're, you're cornered in to a certain population with certain types of injuries. You know, I think if you want to build your toolbox, right, you need to see more people and you need to see not just the NASCAR, you know, cars, you need to see the beaters, right? You need to, you need to get an idea of how to build your tools around those injuries. And obviously like, I don't do exactly what you guys do by, by no means, but, um, but I see it every day. Right. But I think why you guys are good is you've built a toolbox and it's, it doesn't have two or three tools in it. It has a multiple amount of tools. When you first get out of school, right. You treat something, and you build a toolbox off of that, right? So you have your X, Y, and Z, and it worked, right? And then it might work for the next five people. And then the sixth person comes in, and it's not working. You got to regroup, right? I mean, you got to figure it out. And then that's when you figure out your next set of tools. And then you, you just see it, right? You see it with, with, a, with a really seasoned clinician that knows what they're doing. They will switch gears immediately. It's very quick, right? When something's not working, you know immediately what you're going to do next. And the only reason you know what you're going to do next is because it this didn't work a while ago and you hit a roadblock. I mean, that that is definitely my two cents because that is something that I have done for 11 years at HSS and I've been training for I don't know how many years. Um, but I feel like when you build out your toolbox and you have 
you have more things to attack something with, right? But you have, I mean, you have your program, you have your idea, right? But you have to switch gears quickly. And I think the only time, the only way you get that is experience. I mean, would you guys agree? I, agree. I don't know. I think that was one of the, the best piece of advice I've gotten um, was from one of my <clears throat> mentors in Birmingham. And, you know, he always said, you know, treating a pro athlete is easy. You know, these guys move well, Simple. heal well, you know, it's just different. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you get good at treating the middle-aged, you know, male or female with chronic shoulder pain or whatever. And, you know, kind of build from that. When you can do that, you could say you're a good clinician, but treating pro is, you know, it's, it's not, it's a little different there. Yeah. I mean, I got one also, last question. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Pat. No, like, like what everyone's talking about, like getting like, if you come out of your fellowship residency and you go right to like a, a baseball team or, or organization, you know, you're not going to really know how to, most of your injuries are going to be, you know, upper extremity related. And then all of a sudden you see a, peroneal tendon uh, reattachment or, or an ACL and something like that. And now you're a PT on staff and that's the organization's looking to you to rehab this person and you don't know what the hell to do. I mean, T, I've seen you do a bunch of like ankle reconstructions or peroneal tendon reconstructions. And it's just like, if you don't have that, that pedigree, that background in, you know, in the weeds, treating everything, you're going to, it's, you're not going to last very long in pro sports. I mean, you could make the other argument, though, and I see the other side of it, where if you go right into pro sports, or if you, and if you don't, I mean, for some of you, you don't even go into pro, you go into like the minor league system, but you will see things there that you're not going to see in the clinic, right? So for baseball, you're not going to see a tremendous amount of oblique and lat tears, even though we see a, a fair amount of them at our clinic, still not a lot, but outside of that particular sport, you're not going to get a high volume of certain conditions. And granted, you might be new and you still have to, I completely agree with what you're saying. You still need a toolbox. You still need to be open to learning. You still need to develop your skills and your techniques. And that's going to take you time, but you will, if that's a sport you're going to stay in, you will get experience in that sport, which I think is invaluable also. So, I mean, I think it's like mindset too, where you just have to have the mindset where you're just going to grind, right? You're going to learn you're going to be open. You're going to know, Pat, like you said, you're going to know what you don't know. And I think even 18 years later in a clinic, I know what I don't know. And I am not afraid to ask. I'm not afraid to, you know, ask professional athletes for their feedback on certain techniques. I'm, I want to make sure, you know, if we're seeing an athlete, I, our job is to get them back to what they need to do. And I will use anybody that I have access to, to do that. I'm not going to, if I don't know as much though know, about some ACLs, Pat, I, you've treated some of the the baseball ACLs because I thought you were a better fit and stay or better fit than I was not saying I'm not good at treating them, but you guys have more experience. So I just feel like, you know, being, having the humility to say, you know, I'm going to reach out, at least reach out to somebody. I mean, Pete Dreyevich, I mean, how many times have we reached out to Pete with questions, especially hip scopes and everything else? So, you know, we've all had mentors. I still ask questions. I still it's don't. the beauty of our clinic, though. Yeah, I still don't claim I mean, I to know everything. I mean, I think we are all open, but I like whatever you need. Jamie, from the strength side, I mean, every yeah. day we I mean, always we're ask asking questions. questions. You're I mean, asking that's, us. Yeah. We're asking you. And I think that's what, you know, we try and provide with our patients is we try and give them access to the best possible care. And if it's not for me, you know, it's from a colleague, but I'll figure it out. I mean, I'll find out how to get them back to where they need to as quickly as possible. And I think, you know, that's, that's a big part of it is just being open, not know, not feeling like, you know, everything all the time and, and just 
you know, getting used to asking for help sometimes or asking people for their input and advice. And, you know, criticism is not always, you know, bad. It sometimes is constructive. Uh, but Pat, before I go on to another 40 minute tirade, um, I guess we'll, we'll wrap this one up. I mean, we could talk, you know, future podcasts about this. It's a good topic. I like this. I think hopefully all the students or young clinicians kind of have a good overall base of what we're talking about. But we, I think the six of us are always open books. If, if you want to contact us, you know, through Instagram or however, asking us questions, we're, we're always open to, you know, sharing our thoughts on whatever it is. But again, great talk guys. You know, hopefully everyone got a lot out of this talk and we will talk to you later on our next topic. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to the Sports Rehab Lab podcast. Like, rate, and subscribe, and please ask us questions by DMing us on our Instagram page at Sports Rehab Lab.